0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Ellman with the Department of Communication. Today, we're going to learn about the importance of study coordinators and how they are pushing important clinical trials forward at Michigan Medicine. Now, before we get into that, be sure you go back and study any of the episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes debut weekly, It can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel, and as part of the headlines, we can review. With that, let's bring in Nick Harris with the Clinical Trial Support Office. Nick, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, First, can you explain the role of the Clinical Trial Support Office at Michigan Medicine?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Clinical Trial Support Office was uh, uh, established here at Michigan Medicine in 2016, so just a handful of years ago. And uh, if you know, Michigan Medicine, of course, has three pillars, of kind of foundational pillars of uh, patient care, research, and, and education. And uh, this largely, of course, fits into that research pillar, but we, we tend to, you know, cross over a bit into the other sections, uh, as uh, most of them do. So um, uh, U of M has a long history of, of strength in, in research, especially with bench science and, and bench medicine, And in this case, we thought, hey, we need to invest further into the human subject side of clinical research. So the the CTSO was established, and uh, with that focus of of human subjects research. And and one of those goals in in establishing this was to really strengthen the workforce that uh, implements human subjects clinical research. And that workforce is often uh, known as clinical research coordinators.
0: Awesome. All right. So let's dive into that a little bit deeper because people might not be aware of clinical research coordinators and their role. Can you explain the type of work that they do and, and how it fits in within that research and even clinical enterprise here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, a, a clinical research coordinator is is often working um, at the bedside or directly with patients and participants. So this is not someone that is typically working in the lab and, and that can be uh, one of the differences in, in when you think about research and in research in general. So um, there, there's actually competencies for, for the clinical research coordinators. These are published competencies that are really important. And uh, the, I can tell you it's, it's a research design, scientific concepts, uh, they need to know ethics and the safety uh, considerations for participants. Uh, investigational products, clinical study operations, uh, study and site management, data management is also an important part, or informatics, uh, leadership, professionalism, in communication and teamwork. So these are, these are published competencies for CRCs. Uh, and um, uh, the, the primary goal though, for anyone in, in clinical research is really to advance evidence-based medicine. And, and we do this through safe and, and a rigorous process of uh, scientific method and, and uh, it's really um, an exciting uh, career here at, at the University of Michigan. And it's one that uh, is new, it's newer. We didn't have this position, we didn't have these careers uh, 20 years ago. This was often uh, sort of something that a, a nurse or some other clinicians did on top of uh, what they were, were already doing. So um, you would see at Michigan Medicine, these clinical research coordinators are working shoulder to shoulder in any particular unit Across the hospital, uh, they work directly with pharmacists and and a number of other uh, partners, both internally and externally to the University of Michigan.
0: So I think it's kind of fascinating, right? So not only do they have sort of a grasp on the research and and that actual side of it, but you almost have to have like people management skills too, right? In order to make people feel comfortable and to get the type of information you really need, is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're you. Um, we, we often show this visual of this kind of wheel and, and all the different spokes coming from the wheel and we like to put the clinical research coordinator in the middle because they're working with so many different uh, types of people in, in different expectations and and that includes the the patients of course and the participants and working directly with them but then also all of the faculty investigators and then the clinical teams uh, directly at, you know in each unit and then the pharmaceutical companies and and CROs and other business partners too so it's yeah very much so, uh, working with different people and and all of those people have a different perspective. So it's the coordinator's job to kind of bring them all together.
0: Yeah, all right. so let's take that that wheel and the spokes and things like that a little deeper. Could you sort of walk us through what a typical clinical trial might look like and the processes that a research coordinator would carry out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know prior to any patient involvement that ever comes into place, there's there's years of work that is done. and this, this might start with uh, you know scientific literature reviews and, and preclinical science that happens in that lab to, to really build up uh, the, the research question um, and, and understanding what the knowledge gap is at that particular time. So once we get to that point, uh, there's a trial design that, that occurs and, and there's submissions into a number of different ethics boards or the institutional review board or or uh, number the FDA, different areas that really are reviewing this from a patient safety standpoint. So lots of uh, different um, uh, minds that contribute towards this, certainly from that uh, scientific uh, result standpoint, but more so from ethical and, and patient safety considerations. So once we, we get all of those, that like two, three years of, of work, you know, maybe even more in just getting to um, being able to step into the patient bedside and start working with the patient, um, that's where the, the coordinator might step in and say, uh, and where we're other people at Michigan Medicine might actually visually see the coordinator doing their work, and uh, they'll come in, they'll talk with patients, um, and go through what's called an informed consent process to say, hey, you know, here's what we know, here's what we don't know, Um, And we'd like to to learn something out of this. So uh, would you be willing to participate? And uh, when when families or or patients choose to participate, uh, they're then put onto a protocol. So a predetermined uh, um, treatment plan in in many cases to say, uh, here's what we're we're going to do to answer this question going forward and, and to implement that protocol. This could be one day, this could be years of of treatment for participants. So it really um, can vary quite a bit depending on the the nuances of of different units. And then we then we of course want to take that information from what's gained in in implementing that protocol and share it because uh, it's important uh, for us to to publish results. We have a a really a a requirement and and necessity to share these results with others. So let uh, our peer institutions and and anyone else can then build off of
0: that knowledge and and advance the medicine even further. Yeah, it's a way to make an impact outside of just the the four walls of Michigan Medicine, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And um, it's uh, it's great to be able to partner with with others. It takes large numbers, so you can imagine that you know we see you know one or two patients with with this particular thing going on here in, in Ann Arbor, and uh, but uh, statistically we need to have you know, 30 or 40 of those patients. So we need to partner with different institutions
0: across the country to to really find those answers. Yeah, that makes sense. So your team, I know, has been working on a career ladder for these research coordinators. Why is that so important?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, that this is a a fairly new uh, career path. And um, it's become one that's that's very valuable and important going forward. So, uh, you know, the regulations and rules around human subjects clinical research have changed and become more complex and challenging in the last 10 or 15 years. And we've started to see uh, even academic institutions have specific master's programs for clinical research professionals uh, to, to enter into the field. So um, it's it's sort of natural to think that now we need uh, that professional career path for coordinators here at the University of Michigan. We're one of the, the first institutions to Really push this forward uh, for our workforce. Um, there's been a couple before us that, that we've built off of what they've done and, and learned from them, but uh, but we're one of the the first to to invest into this into this workforce and the staff. And um, the the career path is is necessary so we can recruit and retain clinical research coordinators, talented clinical research coordinators here at University of Michigan. And of course, you know we want that to um, improve what we're doing from a clinical research standpoint, let it passes on to our patients um, and, and the community that we serve through, through quality measures and and uh, the work that we're advancing.
0: So in terms of that career ladder, what has been done so far, what is still to come? So, you know, in short, where are we in this process?
1: Yeah, we, so we formed a, a leadership committee about four years ago and started to draft up the, the uh, new job descriptions, the path and, and what was necessary for uh this particular staff to have the career ladder. And, and we worked with um, our HR partners, uh, different executive leadership, different groups, uh, other peer institutions. We, we reached out to professional organizations. Uh, Taubman Health Science Library helped uh, with, with developing this plan as well. And um, we, we kind of brought all of that together and, and uh, finally came up with this, this final product, if you will, of, of what we have for the career ladder and uh, excitingly was able to um, present and share some of this um, over this past winter around uh, January, December, January timeframe. These, this first messaging went out to faculty investigators and clinical research coordinators here at the University of Michigan to say, hey, this is happening. Um, and uh, we began with uh, title placement. So over the last six weeks, uh, we spoke to um, all 600 um, identified clinical research coordinators here at, at Michigan Medicine and uh, went through a, a, a questionnaire uh, sort of uh, asking about what their critical responsibilities are. And uh, we worked to uh, go through the process of remapping them onto titles um, on this new career ladder. So we're going from, from four typically used titles to seven titles under this new career ladder. Wow. And um, it's, that process went well. Uh, we're now moving on to um, setting the, the new market salaries, which we're excited about, um, that um, data hasn't been shared publicly yet, but but I can say that we're um, making sure that these are fair market and, and really market leading salaries for these staff members that as a true investment from Michigan Medicine into this critical work group. And all of this should be um, in place and wrapped up, new titles, new salary settings before uh, July 1st of this year. And um, and then we we move forward with uh,
0: um, uh, utilizing and, and
1: implementing this career ladder.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. So let's look ahead real quick. You know, now that the career ladder is at least in motion and will be fully in place in just a few months, how do you think that will impact the work experience here at Mishka Medicine?
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about this because uh, you know as we as we grow and invest into this particular um, group of staff, um, it's. It's such a, a, a critical need for us to advance medicine uh, here and be a leader uh, at the University of Michigan. So um, we've, we've done well so far, but we can do much better. And I think that um, you know, the, the goal here is always to, regardless of what patient or, or what area that we're looking at, we're looking at the outcomes and, and what is the best possible outcome for this patient And the goal here is to advance that. Even if it's ever so slightly, we wanna make it just a a little bit better. We wanna make it a lot better, but we will take just moving it a little bit better uh, through quality and and, um, uh, uh, ethical research here at U of M. So um, an investment in this group, uh, we wanna fall nothing short of having the best clinical research coordinator workforce uh, amongst all of our, our peer institutions. And uh, we wanna attract that staff because a, a great idea is really not much if we can't implement it correctly and, and safely. So this, this is uh, really important. It's, it's huge for us. It's huge for the institution. It's, it's big for our patients and our community. And uh, we hope to be able to
0: you know open up access to other treatments and, and really uh, move things forward here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see where things go. So thank you so much, Nick, for giving us this information. You know, unfortunately, I think we sometimes overlook the important research, you know, that's being carried out here every day, especially the research at the bedside. So I'm so glad we had a chance to catch up with you and discuss the role that these clinical research coordinators are playing.
1: Yeah, Thanks so much for this opportunity.
0: Yeah. Now, before you say goodbye, you still have four more questions left to answer as part of the lightning round, where we ask four quick fire questions to our guests. And you have not seen these questions before. Are you ready to go? I, I think so. <laughs> All right. Now, if you weren't working in clinical trials, what would be your dream job? Oh,
1: man, I think um, this one's going to sound funny, but uh, I always have told my wife, I think I'd be a good truck driver. I, I, like, <laughs> I like road trips and uh, could just you know zone in on the highway for, for uh, long shifts. So uh, I, I think I'd be fine at that.
0: Yeah, I love road trips too. What's the longest road trip you've ever taken?
1: Uh, I drove out to LA. Nice. Yeah, I had to move a friend out to LA. So drove across the whole country. It was really a beautiful, fun time. We camped out a few spots
0: out West and uh, had a great time doing it. That's amazing. I did uh, San Diego to Chicago once. That was the longest one I've done. And that was pretty incredible. Wow. Um, all right. So earlier this week in headlines, the newsletter highlighted some springtime activities. What is your favorite thing to do outside of work this time of year?
1: Oh, man. Um, I've got a, a lab uh, dog at home. He's my best friend. So uh, love that uh, the weather's kind of broken a little bit. We can get outside, play, play ball, get, get a little muddy. And um, it's just nice to, to just get back outside and, and uh,
0: enjoy it, even if it is a, a little wet right now. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of weeks ago were the much talked about Academy Awards, not necessarily for movies, but are you a big movie buff? And if so, what's your favorite?
1: Oh, you know, I do love a, a lot of different genres of movie. What is, what is my favorite movie? Um, I don't, you know, I think, I think I'd have to say historically, I, I like the funny ones. So I might go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. It's just a, it's a great one. It, it really always puts me in a good mood. It's funny. Although it does bother me, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. It's kind of cold out, right? On St. Patrick's. Right, absolutely. It's
0: mid-March, yeah. So,
1: so, how are they hanging out in the pool after that? I, I don't know, but Your um,
0: question. Fair question. But it is a great movie, yeah, either way. All right, we're gonna stick with the awards theme for the last one. Of course, last week we had the Grammy Awards. What's the first concert you remember attending?
1: <sighs> My first con I, I know this and it's kind of embarrassing, but I went to an all-for-one concert. <laughs> And uh, if if you guys don't, you probably would remember the song, I swear from the race. So so that might tell you, you know, when and where this was, but yeah, that was, that was my first concert all for one.
0: That song is now going to be in my head the rest of the day. So thank (laughs) you for that. Um, Thank you so much, Nick, for, for being a good sport, for joining us today and talking about your important work. If you want to learn even more about clinical research coordinators at Michigan Medicine, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org while you're there, you could check out other featured stories from this past week. And this was one of our favorite weeks because the newsletter highlighted all of the discounts and perks you can receive just by showing your M-card at certain businesses. From hotels in Florida to appliances in your house, you can save a bunch just by working at Michigan Medicine. So be sure to check out that story and much more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last week, we asked listeners... When was the first liver transplant performed at Michigan Medicine? The answer is 1985. Congratulations to Neneve Concert, who sent in the correct answer. Now for this week's question. What are the name of the two blogs that share insight and tips from Michigan Medicine experts? Once again, what are the name of the two blogs that share insight and tips from Michigan Medicine experts? You can find the answer in this week's featured headline stories, and once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us today. And thank you as always to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.